Please turn to it. We're going to be looking through it this morning together. Psalm 67. It's a, a song. It's to the choir master. It's with stringed instruments. And it's to be sung. I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to read it. But you can imagine it being sung. This is God's word. May God be gracious to us and bless us. And make his face to shine upon us. Selah. That your way may be known on earth. Your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And we'll end our reading there. The boys and girls want to go out to children's church. Uh, that, that would be a good time to do that now also. Uh, so this is a, a prayer. And it's a song. It's a song in a prayer, or a prayer in a song. And of course, often we can sing songs that are reflective, that are prayerful, uh, that we address uh, to God. This is a prayer. And uh, we're praying in the will of God. It's because it's in God's word. Uh, we can align ourselves with it. It's a prayer that, that reflects something of God's heart. And we often sing songs that are addressed to God. And uh, sometimes when we find it difficult to know what to pray for, um, we, we can sometimes struggle to know how to pray for a world that needs Jesus. And this psalm, I think, can help us as we pray in that way. But it's, it's not just a prayer. It's a prayer that has to be prayed or a prayer that has to be sung in community. It's a prayer... For us, you see that in verse 1, be gracious to us, bless us, make your face shine upon us. It's a bit like when our Lord taught his disciples to pray. He said, pray our Father, give us our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. It's a song that's to be sung in community. To, together, we unite together as we sing and pray this prayer. It's a prayer sung in community. A prayer that we can agree on. Jesus says in Matthew 18, uh, If two of you agree on earth about anything, they ask, it will be done to them by my Father in heaven. There is a special power in agreeing together and in, in uniting and asking God for the same things, things that we can agree on, things that God uh, is part of God's will and part of God's heart. It's the third psalm in a series of four psalms, Psalm 65 to, to 68, all share common themes. And I'd encourage you to read through those and see if you can pick up on, on what some of these themes are that are reflected in, in these four psalms. The structure of the psalm is really in, in three parts. It's symmetrical. Two verses at the start really establish that it is a prayer, uh, who it's directed to, what they're asking for. 
uh, with two verses at the end which really reflect a bit of the answer and the, re- the reason for the prayer. Then we have the, these three verses uh, in the middle. And uh, they, uh, the, uh, the two of those verses are exactly the same. They're identical. They sort of um, bookend the actual middle section there in verse, uh, verse 4. The reason why the prayer will be answered Uh, So let's look at it together. Because it's a prayer of blessing. A prayer of blessing. Verse opens by addressing God. He's the one the prayer is directed to. It's a prayer for blessing. May God be gracious to us and bless us. And make his face to shine upon us. At first you might think, well this is a, a selfish kind of prayer. It's asking God to bless us. It's inward focused. But if we go on to verse 2, we see that that's not the case because uh, the reason why we're requesting this blessing is that your way may be made known on the earth, that you're saving power among the nations. God's blessing us should result in others seeing who God is, who, what he is like. It's for the benefit of others. It's for the benefit of even all of the nations. Now those of you with a Presbyterian background or a Presbyterian connection may recognize this sort of wording. It's similar to the ironic blessing. Not the ironic blessing, but the ironic blessing. In number 6, where the Lord tells Moses in verse 22, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel. And I will bless them. This is a blessing that was given by the Lord. This is something that Aaron was to bless the people with. And and then God's people have taken that on and are are, are using it now to bless each other. And you can see the similarity picked up in this psalm. Uh, He's praying God's blessing for themselves. It's a prayer for God's grace, for his mercy. Be gracious to us, be merciful to us, it says. And I think we need to recognize that, don't we? We recognize that we don't deserve God's blessing. And so it's only because of his grace, because of his mercy, that he blesses us, or that we can ever hope to be blessed. Of course, this is most supremely uh, true in his salvation that has been given to us in the Lord Jesus Christ, totally undeserved, unmerited, And yet God in his grace has blessed us with salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's given us a hope of heaven through him, forgiveness of sins. And by requesting that God shine, make his face shine upon them, this is a request really for his presence, for God to be with them. They are aligning themselves with God. They are saying we are God's people. He is our God. And we see that even in the the ironic blessing in verse 27. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel. They're taking God's name. They're aligning themselves with God. It's a a presence thing. God is presencing himself with them. His face is shining 
towards them. They're taking his name. Unlike other Psalms that speak of God hiding his face from them, which speaks of, of God's displeasure, of God's punishment even, and lack of blessing. No, this is a prayer that shows a desire for God's presence, for God to be with us. A dependence upon God, a belonging to God. He is the source of all of our blessing, for our entire blessing. We are his people. And his name is upon us. We're marked out as belonging to God so that others can see this. So that others can see that we are God's people and that he is with us and that they might praise God. The psalmist here puts in a pause, the sila, a reflection, a time to think and consider these words. Of course these words would have been familiar to uh, the, the people of Israel and the children of Israel. They're being reminded of God's redemption out of Egypt. Perhaps the, the pause gives them a second to reflect. Perhaps it's a, a musical interlude. But this is a prayer of blessing. But as we've, we've seen already, it's not a selfish prayer. It's a prayer for the nations. Uh, not a selfish prayer. It's to produce a result. There's a reason for this blessing. It's not just that we might have a time of ease, that we might be comfortable, that we might be wealthy and healthy. But no, this is so that God might be made known among the nations. The focus on the nations is very clear as you read through the psalm. That your way might be known on the earth. Verse 2, among the nations. Verse 2, let all the peoples praise him in verses 3 and 5. It's a prayer for the nations. It's a, a missionary prayer. And often in mission circles you hear this psalm preached on or referred to in some sort of context. Because the blessing of verse 1 is to overflow to the world. To all the peoples of the world. It's a, it's a fulfilling, if you like, of the blessing to Abraham in Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3, where God says to Abram, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that, the result of the blessing on Abraham, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Can you see the same idea being expressed here to the blessing in Abraham? Uh, that, that he will be blessed so that others will be blessed. And so that all the earth, all the nations, all the peoples will be blessed through Abraham. It's the same idea. This is God's plan. Right from eternity past, this is God's plan that the nations would be blessed. And of course through Abram's descendant uh, he provided the Lord Jesus Christ. That ultimate fulfilment of this blessing that has been given to us. So that all the earth might be blessed. Blessed with salvation. Blessed with a remedy to our sin. This is always the biblical view of blessing. That we are blessed to be a blessing. It's always outward focused. It's never just inward focused. It's always to be used unselfishly. And for others. I wonder do we see this evidenced in our own life. I want us to be thought.
thoughtful this morning and think about how we have been blessed and how we are blessing others. Why has God blessed you with salvation? Why has he saved you? Is it just so that you can have a real assurance that you're okay? That you're going to heaven and things are going to be alright? It's not a selfish blessing of salvation. We've been saved with a purpose of making Christ known to others. We've been saved that we might share the blessing that we've been given with others. I wonder do we pray like this? Lord, bless me. Give me good health. Give me a good, steady, well-paid job. Give me a nice home. Give me peace and prosperity. Give me a good family. Is that how we pray? I must be honest and I think sometimes that's the way I pray. We want to be blessed. And it's right to pray for blessing. But we shouldn't stop there. Perhaps we should pray something more like this psalm. Lord, bless me. Give me good health and I may help others who are not so well and need looking after and care and attention. Give me a good, well-paid job. Then I will be able to be generous to others who are in need. Support the work of your church and of missions. Give me a nice home, Lord, that I can be hospitable and welcoming and, and share what I have with others so that they too might come in and know you. Give me peace and prosperity that I might be able to work for you, Lord, that I might have opportunity to share the good news of Jesus, that I might be able to make you known among my neighbours, my family and friends. We don't often pray like that, do we? I think we probably should. We're always blessed to be a blessing. This is a blessing that's for the nation. It's a prayer for salvation. That's what we should pray for, for the nations. That's what God wants. That your way may be made known. Your saving power. We've prayed for already and experienced God's grace and God's mercy in verse 1. Now we want everyone to know about it. We want the same grace and mercy to be available to others. We want God's way to be made clear to everyone. Not just for others to be converted, to come to faith. But they might be discipled, that they might grow to know everything that the Lord has taught and commanded. That they they might know God's way. That they might be in his kingdom. That his kingdom might come and might be lived out in our own experience. We want people to recognize that God is a saving God who rescues us from sin and its consequences. When Jesus prays for us in in John 17, he prays for our unity and for us to experience God's glory, God's love and presence. But that's not just that we might be comfortable and enjoy him. But the purpose for all of this is that Jesus might be made known. That's his reason for praying these things. That Jesus might be made known. Are we prayerful for others who don't follow Jesus? Do we even have a concern for them? Are we intentional in how we live that they might know Jesus? Or are there people in our work who maybe don't even know that we follow Jesus? 
We're to pray for the salvation of others. This is God's will. You're praying in God's will. Sometimes we don't know how to pray in God's will. Sure, sure we don't. We, we struggle with that sometimes. What is God's will for me? Well, this we know is part of God's heart, part of God's will. That we might pray that others might come to know him, come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We can pray this with confidence. We pray for blessing. We pray for salvation of the nations. And it's a prayer that results in praise. Verses 3 and 5 are identical. As I said, they sort of uh, bookend the, the middle section. And they call for all the peoples of the earth to praise God. But how can they praise God unless they're included in the blessing? How can they praise unless they've heard of him? Unless they've experienced this salvation, this mercy, this grace that God is offering unless God's face is shining on them? How can they praise God unless these things are true? How can they be glad and sing for joy in verse 4 unless they know the salvation that Jesus brings? For look, in verse 4, God judges everyone justly. God is the judge. There is a judgment day coming. This is a, a psalm that looks to the future as well. He will judge the nations and only those who belong to him, who have his name resting on them, who are accepted in his presence because of his salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ, will be accepted on that day. Uh, Jesus says in John 3 that those who do not know him are under God's wrath. They remain under his judgment. In Revelation 11, verses 17 and 18, we see that those who do not look to God for salvation, those who don't belong to him, will not be joyful, will not be praising. No, rather they will be angry, for they shall be judged fairly and find wanting. Verse 17, we give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, they were angry. But your wrath came and the time for the dead to be judged and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. You know, the joy in salvation is for those who fear God, verse 7 in our psalm and verse 18 here in Revelation 11. Those who fear his name. On that great judgment day there will be those who are still under God's wrath, those who are not forgiven. But there will be those who fear God and bear his name. It's not a fear of a tyrant but rather a respectful fear, an acknowledgement of who God is, that he is rightfully reigning, that he has authority, that he is the judge and he is right and just in how he meets that out. It's a recognition of who God is and a respect for him and a submission to him in giving ourselves to him and accepting his salvation. There's acceptance in that idea. Of God's face shining upon us. God is light. He dwells in inaccessible light. No one can look on the face of God and live. We're told. 
would be consumed. Consumed by his glory. By his holiness. But you remember Moses? He requested to see God's glory. Remember he's, he's interceding for the people. He's, he's praying for them. He, and he tells God, if your presence doesn't go with me, I will not move from this spot. And so the Lord allows him to see the back of his glory because he cannot see him face to face. He says, my face shall not be seen. Yet, as God's people, we have the amazing privilege that we request that God shines his face on us. It's an affirmation of God's presence, of God's forgiveness, of God's accepting us in the Lord Jesus Christ that we can even pray this prayer that we can pray one day like Job that we will see him face to face without any sort of barrier or hindrance that we will be accepted fully in the Lord Jesus Christ fully into his presence because of the Lord Jesus I wonder does that fill you with praise fill you with praise for what God has done for what God is doing in us and for what he will yet do for us. You know the Lord will judge and we will stand before him. But for us who call on the name of Jesus, who have accepted him, who have the Lord's name on us. We will be accepted, we will be saved. People from every nation, all the peoples and all the peoples will praise him. We pray for blessing. We pray for the nations, the salvation of the nations. We pray praising God for what he has done, what he's doing, what he's yet to do. And the prayer is answered. The prayer is answered. There's a confidence in praying this prayer, I think, uh, because it sits with the heart and the desire of God. In all of scripture we can see this. We're praying in God's will. For God is a God of the nations. A God who wants people on earth to come to know him. To worship him. To praise him. Verse 6. The earth has yielded its increase. And God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. God will bless those who fear him. For his desire is that others will be blessed too. He wants others to come into a right relationship with him. With him. He wants them to be blessed with salvation. And so he blesses us. He's given us our salvation and he's made this freely available to us. That we might share that. He's using us, his people. That he might be glorified. That his blessing might be shared out like a cup that's overflowing and spilling out. And benefiting other people as well. God will bless those who fear him. For his desire is that others be blessed. He blesses us that we might share our blessing. It's not something to be held on to. But something to be given away. We don't diminish ourselves when we give away this blessing. It's not like you have a bag of sweets and you're sharing it out. And they're getting less and less for you. It's more like joy. When we, when we share joy and other people enter into our joy. Well then it, it builds and feeds our joy doesn't it? And together we're more joyful than if we're just happy on our own. It's a shared thing. As we give it away it actually feeds our own blessing. 
encourage you to read the other three psalms in this series, Psalm 65 to 68, and see how God's desire is that all peoples should be drawn into his kingdom. How Abram's blessing was to bless the world. How we're blessed to be a blessing. As the people of Israel sang this prayer, they could not fully appreciate what God would do in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been super abundantly blessed in the Lord Jesus. We know his mercy, we know his grace, we know his face shining upon us. We can call him Abba Father. We have this personal, intimate relationship. He is our God. How can we hold on to it? How can we keep it to ourselves? How can we not share it with others? As we sing this psalm, we need to recognize that God is blessing us. Everything that we have is from God. And everything has been given to us that we might be a blessing. In this psalm, there are two selahs pauses and what I want to do now is pause for reflection pause for response just to think about what this psalm is saying to us and how that affects us how have you been blessed I want you to think about that. What blessings has God given to you? Blessing of salvation? Providing a job? Providing finances? Health? Family? Blessed with an education? Blessed with gifts and skills that can be used. How have you been blessed? And how am I blessing others? How am I being a blessing? How am I using what God has given to me? This salvation, this opportunity, this freedom in this country even to share. Opportunities to meet together, to pray, to study God's word. How am I using the practical gifts that God has given me? My car, my home, my skills, my abilities. Am I using them selfishly or am I blessing others? How am I praying? Are my prayers selfish? Are they inward focused? Are they all about me? Do I pray for blessing that I just might be comfortable? That I might have an easy life? Or am I praying for others that they might come to faith? 
for the nations? Am I praying the way God prays? That my blessings might be shared with others? What am I going to do? What is God saying to me? Do I have to change the way I live? Change the way I pray? What am I going to do? What is God saying to me this morning in this prayer? A prayer of blessing. A prayer of salvation for the nations. A prayer that results in praise. I'm going to respond just by singing two pieces together. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. And then hear the call of the kingdom. And then once we finish that, we'll sit down. Because we're not quite finished. Let's stand and sing. Let's be thoughtful as we think about the words and what we're singing. Uh, Take my life and let it be is a prayer. We're going to sing to God together. Let's stand.